0: There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying?
2: People of Earth. Oh, and that little metal thing you shot off to the red planet down the street, you would not believe the messages that thing keeps sending me. Hey, did you see the rock I found today? Could you just emoji back so I know you got this? Guess how hot it is here. Go on, guess. You know what takes perseverance? Your friendship. As soon as I figure out how Gmail filters work, your days are numbered, my friend. Anyway, to all of you, the following podcast is not real. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. Hey, you can even think of it as your own little acting workshop. You pretend to be entertained, and I'll pretend to believe you. And that'll be the basis for our friendship until two other people in the workshop hook up, and then we can spend long hours in the coffee shop ripping them to shreds while fighting back the loneliness. So let's get started. Sit back and enjoy the show. <laughs>
3: Magic Tavern, a weekly podcast from the magical land of Foon. I'm your host, Arnie Niekamp. If you've never listened to the podcast before, this is everything you need to know. Arnie, 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 buddy, friend. Oh, this is so... This is so weird. I'm sorry to stop you. I just noticed since we've been in the big city... Yeah? I feel like our intro is just not enough. Like, I feel like the people here, the way that you go into a bar or restaurant is... There's a sense of urgency, right? Mm-hmm. People almost put the fear of goddesses into you, right? Of like, I have to go in here or else I'm in trouble or something, right? Is there a way to do the intro where it's like people are almost scared not to listen? I oh. don't um, All right. So you want me to kind of like give it a little bit more of a fantasy big city feel? Yeah. I think that's what I'm saying. All right. Um, and it's not even, you don't have to change the words. Just change your tone. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, thank you for tone policing me, but no, it's for it's for the good. Um, All right, unique Northeastia, unique <laughs> Northeastia, unique Northeastia. All right, all right. Hello from the Magic Tavern, yeah, a weekly podcast from Northeastia. Yes, yeah, you know it—the fucking greatest city in all of food. <laughs> what do you need to know? <laughs> Listen up, buddy. You're gonna love it. Uh, about uh, you know. Six and, uh, six years ago in a month, I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King into the magical, fantastical land of Foon. luckily, I'm still getting a Wi-Fi signal from the Burger King through the dimensional rift. And I use it to upload this podcast chronicling our quest, not only to defeat the Dark Lord, but to protect Prince Tom Blaine Belleroth as he tries to become king. And don't forget, when you're here, you're family. Yes. Arnie, that... Began and ended like a dream. The middle part needed work, but you bookended kind of it perfectly. I reverted to my old sort of Midwestern vibe. And that. we noticed, but we don't care because people listen at the top, they tune out, and then they sense the end and they check back in. So, buddy, you nailed it. Perfect. I heard the first and last word and I love it. There you go. There you go. But you saw where are we going again? You said that we were going to get some help to find uh, Prince Tom Blaine?
1: Yes. Oh, yes. I've been speaking to all my little bird spies all over the town and city of Northeastia yeah, and the surrounding suburbs. And I have learned that Benedict Whisperbrew has a home not too far from here, and he may have contacts in the court still who can lead us to the one who may have kidnapped Tom Blaine
3: of Bellroth. <laughs> Pazam! Did you say Hazam? I said Pazam. Pazam. Ooh, is that like a cross between Pizzazz and Shazam? That's right. Mm. So now I'm a big boy. Is that like a magical pizone? A little bit,
1: yeah. Would you like a magical pizone? Yes. Or a troll cut off at a troll.
3: Oh, here. Let me set down Why? this endless bowl of pasta. For Why my do I sleep. keep making food for him? I don't know. Never stop. He has endless pasta. Now you're just giving him options, which I, oh, uh, so endless possibilities. Am I right? it. Uh.
1: Uh, quickly follow me uh, down this gilded road, and we shall soon be at the home of Benedict
3: Whisperbrew. Oh, home, oh, this oh. gilding on this road is so yeah. fancy. Yes, wow. quickly, right so over here. Well, hold, oh, on, hold on, hold on, well, hold on. Oh, so oh, right. There's so much. There's so much ornate filigree. Look at this. Mm,
1: wow. I think that's the best vocabulary both of you have ever had.
3: Ooh, I wasn't sure if I was using that word right, but oh, I that was nailed, it. nailed it. Nailed I just this. used a different form of gilding that you said already. I, yeah, but I still was impressed. Yeah, I gilded it. Oh, and look at this Mother of Pearl inlay. Wow. So much detail. I, we we shouldn't just race past this. This is beautiful. Yeah, You're right. Yes, you're right.
4: Every, every <gasps> aspect of the road. Yes. Oh, I just emerged from one of my sylvan catacombs that are uh, secreted through this passageway. Yes, Chant, every little piece of inlay has a story to tell. When I first moved here many moons ago, it was just a dull dirt path. And then I said to myself, Benedict, what this road needs is some gilding. And ever since then, I've made it a mosaic of beautiful avenue art. Wow. And it's all edible? Yes. Everything is made of marzipan or some kind of molasses-based product.
1: Oh. What about this portico?
4: Yes. Oh, that's, that's a 100% uh, gingerbread cookie. Ooh. Mm. Yes. The plumbing system itself is made out of gingerbread, an ornate system of aqueducts that will uh, eliminate your human waste into a safe, compostable pile.
3: And what about this parapet? Oh, the parapet? That's marzipan, Arnold. Mm, Follow-up question, what's a parapet? Because I still haven't got an answer for that. You're telling me that cat and that dog are marzipan? Uh, Yes. Uh, The cat is is marzipan. The dog is a
4: molasses-based product.
3: Wow, what a delicious parapet's.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes that's what the, the definition of a parapet two pe- two pets commingling in perfect harmony. Wow.
1: Benedict this beautiful street leading up to your home is quite impressive and very edible uh, which means it's a thing you can eat uh, but I have to know I- I've come searching for answers from you. Do you still have some contacts within the court? Are you yourself uh,
3: back in the court? Uh, We must catch up with you, and I have so many questions. Yes, and, and to piggyback on that, can I bend over and look inside your oven? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Chunt. Ah, uh, let me open wide,
4: open my, my <laughs> oven, and you can peer inside. Oh, look at the mm. flickering flames deep within. Woo-hoo. That almost illuminate wow. your deepest desires. <laughs>
3: John, John, do, do, stop crawling into that oven. You're gonna That's get so cozy. cozy. It's like a little nap space. No, John, he's gonna eat you. Do eunuchs do that? I guess I don't. I don't know all the, all uh, the rules. Oh, that I could hear you. Oh, I sorry. Can hear,
4: and for shame, for shame to try to, to pair me with some child-gobbling elderly crone in the woods. No, I do not eat people in my oven. I just bake my delicious mazapan slash molasses based products in it.
3: But are there frequent one accidents? one time, I ate a child. I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That answers my question. Hey, let me out! I'm going to crawl out. I'm going to crawl out real quick.
1: Everything uh, now that we've actually stepped into your home is is gorgeous. Uh, yeah. uh, Benedict, uh, it is a pleasure to see you again. And how you have uh, raised your station in the world! What what a lovely home! I'm back, Eusebio. <gasps> ah yes, Oh,
4: Dennis Brittlebrains has finally brittled his brains on the stone tiling of the central <gasps> courtyard. Oh my. Yes, an unfortunate, an unfortunate accident befell old Dennis Brittlebrains, my one-time nemesis and my former mentor. Are you saying
3: that your nemesis that took your position when you fell out of favor in the Belarov court came to some accidental death that just happened to coincide with his name? Arnold, you could have knocked me over with a blade of
4: grass when I heard the horrible fate that befell poor Dennis. Just imagine it. One windswept midnight evening, poor Dennis, rushing from the courtyard kitchen, a piping hot flagon of steaming milk clutched in his arthritic fingers. Uh, he was eagerly anticipating the, the dairy deliciousness that awaited him when he went back to his feather-down bed to read the latest installment of the... Bellerothian times when, oh, his elderly ankle made contact with a slick patch of molasses-based product that oh, no. sent him skidding, ah, skidding, yes, uh, skidding his heels, making contact with the recently polished marble floors of the Bellaroth castle as he was haplessly going towards the, the very steep incline of the stairs that each were furnished with marbles. Collected oh. and so he fell down each and every step. His arthritic wow. bones making horrible contact and contantination with exploding in a, a form of osteopathic ignomy. And then he hit his head. Ah, yes, his little eggshell wow. like skull made contact with the floor and he brittled his brains all over the floor.
3: Brittled his brains. Wow, truly the details of someone who watched a whole thing from the shadows. Oh, it was but a mere coincidence, Junt, that my
4: midnight book club was meeting in the shadowy recesses of the castle, and I had to play unwilling witness to the whole bloody affair.
3: I know it's a minor How detail, tragic. but but do you mind, Benedict, telling us about like what are the advantages of having a midnight book club?
4: Who do I mind, Arnold? I would like nothing more. Sorry, but yes. How often are you in a book club and you think, ah, the inconvenience. I'm whittling away precious hours of my weekend on commuting to a an acquaintance or a friend's house so that we can talk about a book that we may or may not have read. Every often. single damn week. Yes. Yeah, often. Yes, yes you should all You understand the inconvenience. Ah, but think of the luxury of saying... I'm going to go to bed for two to two and a half hours, set my alarm, and then go to this friend or acquaintance's place at midnight. And then we'll be able to connect in a deeper, more meaningful way as we've just been roused from the slumbers so that we're making connections, both literary and empathetically, to the piece of literature we have just read.
3: Wow, I never thought about it. Read groggy, not tired. That's the way to do it, to talk about a book when you're when you're not necessarily tired, but you're groggy. You got some sleep, but not enough. That's it, brilliant. Exactly. R-G-N-T. Read groggy, not tired. And I, I feel like I best express my feelings about a book when I'm in that sort of half-dream, half-awake state. That is, oh, Arnie, we got to start a midnight book club.
4: <sighs> All I don't right. know you went to a morning book club or an afternoon book club when you're thinking, oh, how literal the connections everyone is making. How ban all the statements people are saying, where they're just regurgitating things that they have read on a literary review, but yet at a midnight book club, all of the sudden, the synapses are firing, and everything becomes deliciously
1: alive. All I want to know is, the books that you read, do they have any spells in them? (sighs) Yes, they have... Oh, may I join your book club? Uh, we have a book club on the podcast sometimes, but Arnie makes us read earth books, and earth books don't have any spells in them at all.
3: Yeah, Arnie wants us to read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Why would we read about the disparity of wealth? Oh, Arnold, yeah? why would
4: you force them into this harsh, classist version of literature? Oh, yes, I have a wonderful book for you, Arnold. Mm-hmm. It's called... The Web of Charlotte. Oh, okay. oh. yes. The Web of Charlotte is about a industrious little arachnid who tirelessly makes beautiful crocheted homes for the many wayward flies in her farm. And one day, there's a little pig too small for... The rest of the barnyard animals, and then Charlotte makes a helpful suggestion to the farmer that says, Put the pig to work. And so the farmer does, and the pig becomes a butler.
3: Wow. Whoa. I mean, I was going to try to talk them into reading Nickeled and Dimed with me, but maybe we should read that instead. Oh, you want
4: to read Fickles in Time?
3: Uh, uh, well, what's Fickles in Time? Sorry, Arnie, are you saying Pickles and Brine? Uh, I want to hear about all of these. Let's start with Benedict first, and then I want to hear about your book. Fickles in
4: Time is by this wonderful writer, Barbara Ellenblad, and she was upset about the class inequality of the spice industry. So Mm -hmm. she went undercover in the spice world, and she picked time with all these other wage laborers who also picked time for a year, and then she wrote a book about it, and now everyone reads it and says, ah, yes, the class inequalities of time... And we think about it every time we put time on a piece of chicken or some kind of vegetable we're roasting. Oh, wow. It's also about how fickle the spice industry is, because sometimes, as you know... A spice can be very popular, like mm. oregano, or last oh. season's delight, which was garlic. And now you wouldn't mm. been Dead Putting Garlic on something. Is garlic mm-hmm. a spice? I think it is. You might say it's not a spice. <laughs> it's a bulb.
1: Yes, I've heard tales uh, of the spice world that you speak of, uh, and they were very unkind to Ginger.
4: Ah, yes. Oh, oh cinnamon and nutmeg were conspired against Ginger, and yes, uh, now she is...
3: She's all by herself. They could have been nicer a Scary Spice, too. Yeah, and Pickles and Brian is just about two dumb sharks. Oh. Uh, you, sir, do you have a book? Uh,
1: yeah, a similar uh, book? Sickles and Crime. Uh, it's mm-hmm. where uh, it's a murder mystery about uh, um, a number of decapitations. It's quite gruesome and terrifying, uh, but it turns out uh, that uh, you did it. Wait, I did it? Yeah, whoever read the book? It turns out the killer was you the whole time. Wow,
3: Arnie, I never would have guessed. But I guess the the clues were all there. Yeah. At the end of the book, do you get arrested?
4: Oh, yes, Arnold. At the end of the book, you open it up, and the detective says, the killer was, and you turn the page, and it's a giant mirror facing you. And then you realize, yes, I am the one who killed that hapless people in this book, because I was the one who bought the book, and therefore contributed to a capitalistic system where writers are murdering imaginary people. I am at fault. For shame on me.
3: It is wow. true. When you read a murder book, you're kind of complicit. Yeah, you, you read about everything going on and you don't tell anyone about it, do you? You're so engrossed and you're turning pages so quick you forget to tell the local constable. What you should, Yeah, what you should do is you get halfway through a murder book, you should call the police immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a child's version of the book, too, called There's a Criminal at the end of this book. And there's a delightful monster who just says, oh no, I'm scared of the criminal, I'm scared of the criminal. And then it turns out, yeah, same thing, you you were the criminal. Oh, wow. Since it's a children's book, the child reader committed the crime of being adorably
3: precocious. But he still tried as an adult.
4: Yes, well, he has to be. That's a tragedy.
3: You know, I was thinking about reading Mickles and Wine. It's about Mads Mickelson. and he decides to... Become an alcoholic, but maybe I'll just wait for the movie.
1: He decides to become an alcoholic,
3: and he's mad. I've never heard of someone so angry that they pluralize mad. I know. Wow, that's some angry dude. I know. Another round. Oh, I'd I'd have three rounds on that, <laughs> Benedict you
1: have any connections in the court still for we three have been hired by none other than that one Tom Blaine Bellaroth he that should be the one that doth ascend that throne and take his rightful place but he has been kidnapped we fear oh kidnapped oh
4: dear I'm afraid I've been shockingly out of the loop for some time as you know I was traveling with with Princess Trachea, and we were oh, co-writing yeah. a, a play oh,
1: together yeah. Yeah, I saw it it was it was very good it was very. You oh, anyway. really? what was the part that you liked the most, mm. Usador? Oh, ah, oh, uh, um, I would have to say the opening of the second act. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, and I would, and I would say overall, just overall, just like holistically, it was just like it was very brave, and I f- just like oh, it yeah. was just very really brave. very brave. Y- yeah, I, f- I just like, I mean, you really put pen to paper, and you could tell. Oh, chant, chant! You don't know how much that means to me. I really because don't. The, you don't.
4: The creative process was so fraught with Tricky. Tricky is a wonderful collaborator, uh-huh. but she's not a very good collaborator, oh. if you know what I
3: mean. Oh, uh, I like
4: that! Yes. Wow, could have used yeah. some of that. Could have used some of that in the play,
3: to be honest. Yeah, I see
4: that. Oh, oh Chunt, I fought tooth and nail with her throughout the entire thing, and I said, "No, we need to have that second act opening where." the grandmother goes through her book of secrets page by page, and she tells every single secret she has harbored the past 88 years of her life. And Trachea said, but we've never seen the grandmother before. And I say, yes, what better way to meet a person when they are at their most vulnerable, which is telling secrets about characters we have never seen or heard of before. Yes, yes
1: That's why I liked it so much, because I love when I've come back from intermission, and I sit down in the chair, and the play starts, and
3: I'm like, did I go back to the wrong play? You know, theater is good when you're lost,
4: right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 John. Yes, I love, I love theater that has a disorienting state that leaves you discombobulated, that leaves you confused, afraid, and bitter about the fact that you bought a ticket in the first place. Perhaps even nauseous. Yes, and that's exactly why I thought it
1: was so important to show the birthing of the foal in all its detail. Yes, I remember that very graphic scene in graphic detail.
4: And Tricky said, no, we can just do that with a prop. And I said, Tricky, no. We need to hire a pregnant horse every single time of the play and they shall birth a horse because, quite frankly, do you know who the most infrequently hired animals are in theatrical productions? Penguins. No. No, penguins are actually hired all the time thanks oh. to thanks to the recent production of Tuxedo Tuxado, which <laughs> is an all-penguin musical. Oh, I have wanted to see that, yeah. Oh, well,
1: good luck getting a ticket. I, I, yeah, that's why I haven't been.
3: I don't know the least cats, but I will say I did see a production of uh, Waiting for Godot, which was two men waiting for a female deer to get along, to get out of here. It, I mean, it was it was brave. Ugh. It was six hours, and there was just that female doe on stage the whole time. Doe and, she, and, and the doe would not go. A, he he, a deer,
1: a female deer.
3: Yeah, enchant.
4: Uh, I have seen that play, I would say eleven times, um, because mm. I am a subscriber to all theaters. And the beautiful part about waiting for Godot is that the play never ends the same way because sometimes, depending on the doe that the Individual production is hired, the dough leaves immediately. And you're like, well, that was a two minute play. And I enjoyed that. And sometimes the dough doesn't leave for several hours. And you say, well, this is very really inconvenient because I, I do have to leave and I have other things I have to do. And now I've finished my reservation. And sometimes the dough leaves at a perfect time. And you're like, oh, synchronicity.
3: You know, I haven't seen as many plays since I've, I've been here. But it reminds me on Earth, uh, shortly before I fell through the dimensional portal, I watched this movie. This biopic called Ray.
1: A Drop of Golden Sun?
3: Yeah. Well, I'm talking, we're not talking about that right now, Yusura. I'm talking about me.
1: A name you call yourself? Yeah, Far. Uh, Far, far away to run?
3: Yeah, go far, far away to run. Mm, All right. Well, where does that lead? Anybody, (laughs) see?
1: So, a needle pulling thread. Don't forget that one. Okay. Back to Benedict. Benedict.
3: Benedict. I'm here. I'm here. I'm wrapped in your conversation. So that brings us back to Doe. It does. And
4: I did stay for an artist Q&A one time after waiting for Go Doe. And I asked the, the young Doe who was in that night's production, I said, how did you decide when to leave? And she said, well, you get paid by the minute when you're a dear actor. And so depending on the financial fluidity of the Doe in question, the longer the play mm, Oh wow! So that's a little Behind the scenes gossip For you
1: Oh wonderful uh, So you haven't seen Princess Trachea Aurelia
4: Lately Oh no I'm afraid We are We are not speaking After no. After our production I just could not Look at her again And I shall not Work
1: with someone Who treats The creative process With such contempt You see Because last week After Tom Blaine Was kidnapped uh, I see her hair Under my hat I made a list of potential uh, suspects who had kidnapped him. And it just says Princess Trachea Aurelia. Well, I would add to the list Dennis Brittlebrains.
3: Oh, Dennis
4: Brittlebrains. Oh, oh but isn't he dead? Yes. When did he die? Oh, Dennis Brittlebrains died. Well, book club is always the second Sunday of the month. Mm-hmm. So
3: he died three weeks ago. Because our next wow. book club is next, Is this coming up Sunday. It's such a shame he died slipping on molasses. And it must be especially hard for you since you work with molasses, paving the street and in your home.
1: Oh, the irony.
3: Oh, it's the bitter
4: irony. And it's the kind of irony that you find in On Golden Bond, one of my favorite plays ever, about two elderly welders who... Mm -hmm. um,
3: Elderly welders. That's elderly welders. That's a real tongue twister.
4: Yes. Oh, yes. It's about two elderly welders who look back on their life as they are forging a
1: a golden ingot together on a lakeside cabin. such a beautiful story. I remember seeing a production of it once where the actor played both of the elderly welders and had to run back and forth and put on different hats and mustaches and things. (laughs)
4: Oh, yes, yes. That's Virgil, and he's very talented. And, you know, with a simple change of costume, all of a sudden, he's an entirely different person.
1: Yes. I I watched the play for several minutes before I even realized that there was only one actor playing both roles. Uh, I mostly could only tell when he started getting really out of breath.
3: You know, I haven't seen that one, but I always get it mixed with another play that I can't remember the name of. Oh, Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Are you talking about the ass menage no, but I'd love to talk about that. Oh, what were you thinking about? Well, no, no, I was like, I, whenever I think of On Golden Bond, I think it's that play about those two old guys that have really sweaty balls, but I don't, I don't know what that one's called.
4: I don't
1: either, Arnold. It
3: can be rhetorical. Are you,
1: are you talking about the one that we saw uh, in that little shack? Sure. It was kind of a big shack. I mean, it was, I guess it wasn't such a little shack.
3: I Gold Bond, Gold Bond shack. Yeah, yeah, Never mind.
1: Here. I leave. I'm out. <laughs>
3: Oh, was it Wet Nuts? Wet Nuts, that's right. That's oh, right. oh, Neil Pyman can write
4: anything. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm quite upset at Princess Trachea because after the debacle that was our closing night cast party, I said to her, I have a script that I'd like you to read. And she said, oh, I can't wait to read it. And I gave it to her, and then the next morning she was gone. And that was the only copy of my script. And I never, I infamously only keep one copy of anything that I write. And so when the copy is vanished, there's no way for me to recreate it. And I don't mean to pat myself on the back, as it were, but it was the most brilliant piece of art I have ever scribed.
1: That is it. I have a new quest. I shall obtain for you once again this manuscript that you do so desperately deserve to have, your greatest piece of work of art, your magnus opus. I shall therefore find Princess Trachea Aurelia, find out if she has kidnapped Tom Blaine and return your manuscript to you. Wow, I haven't
3: seen you this bouncing off the walls in a while. And also, oh, I think I see what's going on here. There's a big chunk of gingerbread missing from the uh, aqueduct.
1: Yeah, I just had a little bit of sugar, so I'm just a little hyped up. You know, I'm gonna protect Donnie. He's got a little bit of sh- He's got a He's got some sugar in his brain. You can call it an artifact. You can call it sugar. I don't care what you call it. I'm gonna have a great time. And I'm gonna find Princess Drake really, and And I'm going to save the world for the Dark Lord. I shall prove my worth once and for all. Fuck Spintax.
3: And we got trouble right here, right here in Northesia, And that starts with an N, and that stands for nothing but trouble. And you're gonna solve it. And we're gonna be right back with more sugar right after this.
0: See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO.
3: So, Benedict, now that Duncan Brittlebrains, or I'm sorry, Dennis Brittlebrain is...
4: Oh, it's Dennis Brittlebrains. Duncan is his twin brother.
3: Oh, now you've referred to both of them as your nemesis.
4: Well, I'm... They are my deepest nemeses uh, for different reasons. Dennis Brittlebrains is infamously my career nemesis, and Duncan Brittlebrains is infamously my romantic nemesis.
3: Uh. Oh. Mm -hmm. Dish? Business and pleasure.
4: Yes. Well, Dennis Brittlebrains and I have always been going up for the same career opportunities ever since we came out of gossip school. We were applying for the same internships. We were applying for Mm -hmm. the same externships. We were applying for the same entry-level positions. We were applying for the same Exit-level positions. Exit-level positions, yes. Because, oh, how I dreamed of being the exit guide at the Halloween maze for the Harvest Festival the summer after I graduated from gossip school. But no, Dennis Brittlebrains was the one who got to stand behind the velvet stanchion and say, leave this way.
1: What an honor.
4: Oh. You would get to see people at their most vulnerable, right after they had exited a harvest maze, so scared, so frightened, so, so prescient. And that's when Dennis would be able to get all their little secrets from them. Because as they were walking by, Dennis would say, What's your deepest secret? And they would say things like, uh, I cheat on my taxes. I burned down my neighbor's house. I'm sleeping with my brother in
3: law. I murdered a member of the King's Guard. And that's how Dennis' Brittlebrains brains Mm. rose to power. Wow, you'd have to imagine, hypothetically, if, if, if Dennis fell to his death and brittled his brains, if someone happened to be there and were standing over his dying body and said, leave this way, it would be pretty satisfying. Oh, it would almost be so artistically satisfying
4: and such a denouement of a life that it could be the only kind of death envisioned by a master playwright. Yeah. It's the kind of demise that only Neil Pyman could imagine. Ah, <laughs> uh, but what of Duncan? Oh, Duncan, Mr. Brains, he is my romantic nemesis. So ever since we were children in Gossip Academy, we would both be going after the same... Romantic conquests, ah, uh, trying to woo the same golden Adonis from the shadows of a garden wall, writing love sonnets to the visiting Italian courtier who was making everyone swoon with his lyre compositions. And just whenever I would think that I was getting summer, Duncan Witterbains would show up uh. arm in arm
3: with the object of my affection. Wow, that really wets my nuts. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's terrible. At sure. every turn? At every turn
4: and corner, Chad. Thank you. Your empathy truly knows no bounds.
3: And, and I'm sorry if this is a stupid question, but... Is... Are, no, Arnold, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Well, let's uh, wait and hear it. Wait till yeah. Is Gossip Academy before or after Gossip School? Gossip Academy
4: is the early stages of gossip education and once you have completed all 11 years of Gossip Academy then you can take the gossip test, which if you successfully pass that, you will be admitted into gossip school, where you will spend the next four years studying every facet of gossip and rumor mongering and only a graduate of gossip school is allowed to be the court gossip.
3: And I've heard and correct me if this is incorrect, because it's just uh, a rumor to me Um, But is there such a thing as a hollership, which is you get a scholarship from uh, yelling gossip from the rooftops?
4: Yes, because a lot of... Oh, John, there have been so many strides made in gossip. Because how often do we think of gossip as something that you whisper or that you write down in secret? But Dr. Jillian Cabinet made strides in gossip and so she was saying wait why are we whispering our gossip why don't we start screaming our gossip why don't we start giving the gift of our diaphragmatic projection to the gossip and so I I was able to do a summer internship with her and she is all about shouting your gossip from the turrets so that all the townspeople can hear
1: it. It's so revolutionary, and, and Arnie, you should know, the gossip test is one of the hardest tests that anyone has ever had to take, because you have to fill out the
3: test with things that the person who grades the test doesn't know. Oh. But there's also, there's a bit of a dark, sad side to it, where I've heard many a tale and many an article of um, students at the Gossip Academy going to Dr. Cabinet's um, Private quarters and stealing her drawers. And um, I know that's like a fun game that the kids play, but i it's, it sounds like it's been pretty harmful. And it, it sounds like maybe Dr. Cabinet has uh, stepped down or at least considered mm-hmm. no. retirement. Is this the Kilgari of Dr. Cabinet? The what now? All right. Yes, I think, Arnold, you're
4: referring to Dr. Cabinet's husband, Gary Cabinet. And someone. Oh, that's how
3: it's pronounced?
4: Is yes, it's, Gar? it's Gary Cabinet. And oh, oh Arnold. Oh Arnold, this is tragic because there was a young gutter snipe in Gossip School who wanted to make a name for themselves, and they said, "I know how I am going to pass the gossip test. I am going to tell a piece of gossip that even Doctor Julian cabinet doesn't know. I am going to murder her husband. I am. Is that... uh, I am going to. <laughs> Can you just create gossip that is way? That gossip. Oh, I, I don't know if that's gossip. He doesn't
3: know. It that sounds that's like a that's...
4: confession. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm sorry, Arnold. Have you ever been in an educational setting and posed the question, what's a piece of gossip that I don't know? And then the cold-blooded eyes of the student returning your gaze saying, I have some gossip. It's your husband has been murdered
3: by me. Wow, that really whets my nuts. That is awful i can't believe people go around doing that and thinking they can get away with it. if i read about that i would stop immediately and go tell a local constable what i was reading mm-hmm. yeah, but but you you have
4: ethics chunt mm-hmm. and I, I think ethics is something unfortunately in gossip school that we have to push aside sure, and compartmentalize sure, sure. in order for our own individual further gain
1: it's part of the job it's part of the job part of the job what can you do
3: No, there's two more bites of gingerbread missing. (laughs) Yes. So ever since Dr.
4: Gillian Cabinet, now the Widow Cabinet, uh, she has stepped down from gossip school um, since her her husband was murdered when someone did Kilgari of Cabinets, the Cabinet of Kilgari. I
3: have to imagine when her husband was killed that she was full of curiosities and probably looked high and low for for the killer and you know when she didn't find it that had to have been pretty pretty rough it was incredibly traumatic chunt was incredibly traumatic did they I have to imagine you know i've I've seen someone um Lose a loved one, and I myself, my husband, exploded on our wedding night. Oh, I I have been meaning to get the sympathy card in no, the mail. No, I didn't I'm bring sorry. it up like that. No, 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 that's, no, it's fine. I I
4: have I have a covered dish that I'm I'm going to send over one of these days. Is there food inside, or is it just covered? Oh, no, it's just a covered
1: dish.
4: Oh <laughs> well, I'd love to make why, food and put it inside. Why would, a, I, why would I put food inside a morning person? No reason, no reason. What, yes. what a
1: lovely gesture to send a covered dish over uh, uh, so that they could think about the emptiness uh, that it yeah. symbolizes.
4: It's a way to reflect, really, and it's a gift to the person in crisis. Right.
3: Well, I was going to say, having lost a loved one myself, I know... Sometimes you're so sad and so mournful that it feels like you can hardly move and I was just curious did the students help move cabinet up to her bed and if so you know was was that upstairs and you know how did they did they kind of put her upright or was it sort of like on her side and then tilted I'm just always curious in terms of you know how to get a Mrs. cabinet up the stairs but
4: well, of course you have to you have to pivot and yes. you have oh, to make sure. yes. yes and unfortunately <laughs> we had to we had to move the very distraught Dr. Jillian Cabinet up several flights of stairs. Yeah. Because she was she was catatonic in grief. And who wow. would it be? Because Gary Gary was a, a a foundation of the gossip yeah. community. He really, yeah. he really And what, I
3: know this isn't the most important thing, but before no. you brought Doctor Cabinet up the stairs, did you empty all of her pockets? Like or did you leave everything? Did you just leave everything in her pockets?
4: We left everything in her pockets, but well wow. you, Yes, you don't want to empty pockets of someone in the stages of grief, because then they might emerge from one of the stages of grief and say, oh, I need a tissue, I need a handkerchief, and they'll say, well, I don't have one because my pockets are empty, and someone someone has emptied my pockets, and when someone has emptied my pockets, then I don't have things to put my pockets in. Wow.
3: And after you had um, moved her all the way up to her quarters where she could then rest and grieve in private, um, did she at least give you, like, pizza and beer for helping? Well, well as
4: you know, Chunt, there are four stages of grief in a gossips. Journey to to, to grievances. Uh, one, denial. Two, Two. anger. Three, Three. acceptance. Four. four, pizza and beer. Five, six. No, no there are only four. Four stages. <laughs> there are four stages. Sorry.
3: Well, seven. The- no, I think Arnie wanted to do a dance. And five, six.
4: <laughs> oh, Arnold, look at you, so oh. free to
3: feet. Oh my, have you been stretching, Arnold? Oh, you really see seem move like that. No, but I, I ate a little gingerbread, too. Oh, oh come me. on.
1: Arnie, Arnie, speaking of Dr. Jill Cabinet, uh, there's an excellent talk show host uh, that happens to be her brother, Dick. You should listen to him. He's wonderful. Dick, you could Dick, learn a lot. Dick Cabinet? Yeah, Dick Cabinet. <laughs> oh, he is a raconteur, and
4: he will get people on his show, and they will share things that they never expected to say, and that is
1: because he is a gossip's brother. Ah,
3: indeed. hmm mm-hmm.
1: Uh, now, Benedict, yes. uh, I must, I must ask. Uh, you said you've returned to your glory. Uh, uh, what, what windfall has befallen thee? Oh, the
4: greatest windfall of all. I am embarking on my final interview to be the court gossip tomorrow oh. at the Hall of
3: Belleroth.
1: Wow.
4: Wonderful!
3: What wow. good news! Congratulations!
1: Oh, thank you.
4: I'm sure you've noticed my my new cloak that is composed entirely of centaur hide. I didn't want to say anything, but it's quite luxurious. Yes, thank you. And my new boots that are made out of the beaks of doves. Oh, how fashionable. Yes. Oh, and of course, my doublet that I have woven
3: itself from the bitter lamentations
4: of raccoons. Oh,
3: nothing finer than a bitter raccoon. Speaking of raccoon tears, like the cabinet.
4: Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, did you see his interview with Sylvia the Unicorn
1: Tamer last night? No. Oh, I'm afraid I missed it. Oh, you didn't miss anything. It wasn't very good. Oh. <laughs> you. Oh, you are still a great gossip. You're mm. going to get this job. I know it.
4: Well, maybe someone shouldn't have dipped so heavily into the mead in the Emerald Room ere the talk show commenced. Hey, you can't tell me that I'm drinking too much. <sighs> oh, uh, did you decide to become an alcoholic just like Mads Mickelson? <laughs>
1: I didn't decide to become anything. I feel just fine. I'm feeling great today. I feel like I'm full of energy.
3: Mm. Arnie, the, um, just in case you didn't know, the Emerald Room is where, you know, if you're if you're going on some sort of interview um, uh, platform or you are a cock and you're doing some sort of uh, stage production, there's always an Emerald Room that you can go into. Now, this is a giant room. Well, giant uh, is a relative, I guess. It's... Can sometimes be small, but it's, well, it's, it's human sized. It's human, it's human sized. Size. But and if a giant was going to be
4: on a talk, talk platform, it would be giant sized.
3: Yeah. Now, is it always literally inside an emerald?
4: It is always literally inside an emerald. And I'm that sure. is why emerald harvesting is. It, it's an issue that this country needs to deal with.
3: And it's always full of just, like, the rattiest fucking furniture, and it smells like fucking ass. Like, it's, um, you know... Well, it's just... that's because a lot of donkeys tow the emeralds up from oh. the mining sites.
4: Yeah, I and have no so, idea. Yes, it, it's very redolent of, of donkeys and pack animals, because hmm. they've spent so many... Hours with the jewel in question As they've been towing it up from the mining site From whence it originated
3: Oh, now I know, this is wonderful Oh, it is, isn't it? Is there anything we can do, Benedict, to help you prepare um, Tomorrow for your Did you call it an audition, or what would you call it? Oh, I would call it I
4: would call it a test I would call it a journey I would call it an opening of the soul I would Mm. call it um, An opportunity to stare into the abyss
3: so all those things, but not an
4: audition. I would, oh, I wouldn't call it an audition. Well, I'm not a coctickler, so I wouldn't call it an audition. Of course,
3: of course. Is there anything we can do to help uh, prepare you for that? Well, Chent,
4: if you wouldn't mind, I haven't had an opportunity to practice my responses to some... Uh, some trial interview questions. So, if you wouldn't mind assuming the role of the interviewer for court gossip, that would benefit me greatly.
3: Uh, of course, of course. Um, Ani, and, uh, let me get into character. There are no dumb questions. There are no dumb questions.
1: Ani, you and I should hide in the shadows because that'll be part of his test, too. People watching.
3: But, you said, what do we yes. do in the shadows?
1: Use your imagination, baby. Okay.
3: Um, Benedict, uh, come here. Ring a ding, 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 ding. Oh, the summoning bell! Yes, yes, it's so
4: wonderful to see you,
3: Gloria. Wonderful to, see, <laughs> wonderful to see you.
4: Now, um, how are you, how are your children doing?
3: It's none of your business, really.
4: It is none of my business, <sighs> but yet I do Nobody have knows. information about them. <gasps> I do tell. What about the eldest? What about Thomas? Oh. Your eldest son, Thomas? Well, you should wonder why he's spending so much time at the Falconer's station, and yet he's not able to tame a hawk, is he?
2: I, <gasps> I knew goes. it.
4: I yes, knew it. he he's having an affair with the Falconer's wife.
3: <gasps> ooh, this is hawk gossip. I love hawk <laughs> gossip. <laughs> now, Oh, oh, and tell me about my youngest, Melissa.
4: Ooh, your youngest daughter, Melissa.
1: Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh.
4: Yes, are you wondering why she spent so much time at the owl-calling competition?
3: Oh, I just assumed... I think he sounds like... Ooh. Ooh.
0: Ooh.
3: I was wondering where you're going with that. I, I assumed that she was just, you know, into, um, you know, aviation like her brother. Oh, into aviation? Well, she's flying on something, but it's not
4: bird wings, it's Cupid's wings, because she is <gasps> having an affair with the owl competition,
1: Judge. Oh, oh it's Whoa. a hoot. <laughs> That was incredible. I wow. don't know any of those people, but I assume all of those things are true.
3: Yeah. yeah, Benedict, I don't have a kid named Thomas or Melissa, and yet suddenly I give a shit about both of them.
4: Yes, because I've created a compelling world and life force for them, and like it's the second act of On Golden Bond* when Norman the Elder Welder is talking about his dead brother. Such a sad scene. I,
3: I only have one small minor note.
4: Oh my goodness, I, I would listen to a symphony of your notes, Arnold. Well,
3: we'll take it or leave it, but when, if someone says... I will says, take it.
4: I thrive on feedback.
3: It, well, if someone says, it's none of your business, you can say, none of my business is my business. And then kind <gasps> of chuckle to yourself.
4: Oh, Arnold. Oh, Arnold, I love that. I'm going to embroider that on a throw pillow and put it on my couch.
3: Wow, Arnie, that's a minor note, but when you played it, you pleased the Lord. Army, hallelujah,
1: hallelujah, hallelujah! You're really on fire today. Your little dance and then that pithy little saying—you're a regular dick cabinet. Yeah, you should eat more shit-filled
3: gingerbread. What? What's uh, this?
1: Uh, it's
4: not fecal-filled gingerbread. It's gingerbread that has served as plumbing, and so it's it's fecal acquainted gingerbread. And yeah, it's fecal adjacent. Thank you, Arnold and Tomato
0: way-
3: to shit gingerbread. John, will you take any notes? Uh, I'll take one. I wouldn't have done that last one. That's my only (laughs) Wow, that really wets my nuts, Arnie. For you to say that, that really wets my nuts. It moistens your pistachios. (laughs) So, well, can I ask, Benedict, like, I'm very excited about this new position for you, but, but everything we've heard is that Queen Titania will be stepping down from the throne soon. Is it normal for there to be staffing like this during a time of Transition?
4: It's highly unusual, and I think that's why we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the new regent will even honor the hiring. That shall take place tomorrow. But you gotta try. You gotta try. Oh, one must endeavor to succeed, or
1: else
3: one is doomed to fail. Uh,
1: wise words.
3: You would also have to imagine that if you do succeed, that you would be extra invested in who the next region is, right? Because that would really determine whether you kept that role or not. Yes, I would say
4: if it was someone I had a good relationship with, I would really want that person to become the regent and if it was someone who was my bitter enemy, someone who had ruthlessly betrayed me in our artistic pursuit someone who had taken me at my most vulnerable, at my most exposed at my most raw and tender and then with the brittle pad of insouciance had scraped away all of my trust then, yes, I would not want to work for that person.
3: As opposed to someone who you had actively plotted to kill for a a year or so.
4: Well, I think when you actively plot to kill someone, that is when you truly know them inside and out and know how to be a good employee for them.
3: This is crazy because the whole predicament um, kind of almost... Mimics, You know, it's that old adage of, you know, life imitates art. Like, I'm art. Oh, I'm art. Hey, look at me. I'm art. You know what I'm talking about? Because this is so similar to the play and story of Our Crown. Did you ever read that in school? Our Crown?
4: Yes, Our Crown. It's when a dead king is looking
3: back at his life and thinking, oh, here's, here I am. I couldn't have put it better myself. It's truly, it's a narrator who's a dead king just saying, here I am. And there's other roles but they don't really matter. They're all just kind of gibberish. And I just feel like Thornton tames... Chant, yeah? Chant, I wouldn't say they're all gibberish. I always
4: weep at whoever is playing the part of the purveyor of spices. The
3: sage uh, manager. Yeah. Because... Well, I, I agree and I disagree. Because um, I feel like a lot of times the sage manager has tends to get, like, you know, this power trip of, like, I'm the sage manager. Everyone listen up. Like, shut up. You need to be here. And it's just, like, why... like there's no need to talk to me like that. Does that make sense? You guys oh, in- ever
1: noticed that in other plays, a lot of those plays put on our crown?
3: Yes. Oh, oh
1: yeah. I've never made the connection, but you are so right, Usador.
4: Yes, how often have I been sitting in a, in a local community theater production and saying, well, this is interesting. The characters in this fictional work are playing the parts of another fictional work.
3: Yeah, yeah, and uh, that mystic, uh, Spalding the Grey, he had a whole, I think he had a whole piece about our crown as well. Are you? Oh, you're talking about Grey the Balding? Oh, that might be who I'm thinking of. The one with the sweaty balls? Wet nuts.
4: Well, this has been a boon to my spirits, fellows, because I confess I was feeling a little uncertain... Ere the eve of my great ascension back to my former glory But yet, thanks to the mock interview I've had with you, Chunt I feel
1: ready to tackle anything Oh, you needn't feel like the willow uh, Flowing back and forth in the breeze Thou art the mighty oak And I am assured that you shall prevail Oh, well, you have been a physic
4: to my system And if you are a tree, then I am sick no more, you (laughs) sycamore
3: Benedict, I've got to ask And I have got to answer while we're here, any secrets flo- floating around about us? Like, are we in danger or anything? Like, just in case, anything that... W- is there anything we should know?
4: Oh, yes. Arnie, as you know, I am sworn by the gossip's oath. So I can only tell someone gossip about themselves if they ask if there is gossip about themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um, chunt. Someone is plotting your imminent demise And (gasps) murdering you In a way that seems physically impossible But also metaphysically Correct Uh, yes, Your greatest enemy is also your greatest love And the two people that you trust the most Make merciless fun of you Oftentimes to your face
1: Who could that be? Who could that that be?
3: (laughs) Arnold (laughs) Fuck you, Usador
1: (laughs) Quiet, I'm thinking about who that could be. Why don't you kill me? Arnold,
4: I'm afraid I have the most difficult gossip to give you, for there's grave... Is it though,
3: like, phonetically difficult to say? Is it the fact that nobody gossips about him and that's the saddest thing in the world?
4: Well, Chud, I guess you're the court gossip now, aren't
2: you? <gasps> yeah! Yes,
4: Arnold. The page in my gossip diary for you with the headliner, Arnold the Handsome, is completely blank. For no one in all the kingdom of Belleroth has ever had an unkind thing to say about you. Morally oh. stalwart, emotionally available, huh? with limpid brown yeah. eyes, the color of a molasses fountain. Oh, wait,
3: wait. I'm I'm so sorry. Benedict, uh, let me see that book here. Oh, yes. Um, so
4: you could. take... Oh, absolutely. Take a look at my gossip book.
3: I guess I, I can't read it because I'm not a eunuch, but yeah. um, if you're on the page, Arnie the Handsome, I'm just going to turn back one page to just plain Arnie, and then uh, take a look there and see if you see anything.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. I was on the page of Arnold the Handsome. Have you met Arnold the Handsome? No. Oh, he is... That's not me. Oh, it's, you are just playing Arnold. Yes, Arnold the Handsome. It's Arnie. He but... is someone who... Um, who fell through a, a magical portal uh, by a fine dining establishment in his local town. And he's been traveling with people. And he actually has been traveling a lot because he's just been having so many ribald adventures um, throughout uh, Bellaroth oh, oh, shit.
3: He probably Oni. has better co-hosts, too.
4: Oh, yes. Oh, his co-hosts. One is Merlin the Magnificent, who wow. is a... Yes, he's a level 6 mage and he has... Fuck, that's my role. Yes, yes. And then there's also Cyrus the Shapeshifter and he is just an excellent person who doesn't need to rely on the crutch of wordplay for his humor. He makes these incredibly witty bone moths that cause you to... Hold your hands to your sides in mirth as
3: also you recognize the deeper truth within. Wow, Usador, I'm sorry, buddy. That must be hard to hear.
1: It is hard to hear. Thank you, Benedicto, for these truths. For I am now committed to not only bringing back your manuscript, but burning down those motherfuckers.
3: And Arnie, just so you know, a um, fine dining establishment is an establishment you go to for dinner or lunch or maybe an early um, fast of break. And uh, you eat the food and you go, "Mm, it's fine. Hmm. okay. I could be into that. Benedict, we
1: must take our leave of thee, but I rest assured that we have the utmost faith that when we return, that you shall be the official court gossip once again. Oh, brave fellows, please, here, take these marzipan
4: confections that I have made, each fashioned in your likeness.
3: Oh.
1: Let me just give it thank up.
3: you so much, it's so wonderful Ooh, Thank you so much, this is so good, thank you so much Wow, bowdy, 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 bowdy
1: Chunt, you're having too much sugar Look how high I can jump I'm stuck. Good job, Chunt, good oh, job
3: Please
4: get me down. As always, Arnold and your two friends It's been marvelous to see you A Solace to hear these troubled times
3: Yeah before we go, can I ask, Benedict, are you up to uh, anything nasty that we should know about? Oh,
4: Arnold, ask me no secrets and I'll tell you no lies. But yes, I am up to a plot of such deviousness that it would make your stomach churn. And I am plotting against someone who you know, who you respect, and uh. who you admire.
3: Uh. Oh, so it's no on this episode. Oh, we gotta kill handsome Arnie,
1: Benedict. It has been a pleasure to once again hear your dulcet tones and and take solace from them. But I shall return forthwith with the manuscript that you <gasps> so deeply deserve.
3: And we are off. Yes. Oh, God damn! He gets some sugar in him and he takes on another side quest. Do you want sandwiches? I, I have sandwiches. I can eat. I, I'd love one. Yeah. Oh, a little sandwich. A little sandwich. Grab me a sandwich.
4: Wait, oh, I'll just put these in some wax paper. These are some Cornish hen. I grow the horseradish myself. This is a brown sugar mustard because I I just distill the molasses and I. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Huh. And I I like everybody. I'm getting into baking bread this fall. Uh, so the bread is sourdough. Ooh,
3: fucking yum! Sweet mustard. Mmm. That's what I want from mustard. Is a nice sweetness. This
4: A lot of people are like, oh, this mustard's too tangy. I'm like. Let's up the sugar content of it. And so that too often mustard has been in the purview of, of, of condiments. I have made mustard a dessert. And so my sweet mustard, some would argue, oh, it's overly cloying and it's, mm. it's almost unnaturally sickly sweet. But I would say it just makes a nice glaze upon any meat or protein product that you want in your sandwich.
3: Ooh, nice mustard pie. Put some mustard on your ice cream. Sounds so good.
4: Yes, here's some mustard frosting. Mm. Here's a a mustard tart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Did someone say mustard custard?
4: Oh, yes. Uh, It's just coming from the broiler. Ooh. Oh, and Arnold, did you want this sweater? You left this sweater the last time you were here? Dish? What? I guess that's a story for another day.
3: (laughs) 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 Intrigue. Uh,
2: unabridged sweater story, anyone? I smell a five-part Stitcher Premium Series. Wait, no, I'm smelling that cherry tomato that rolled under my desk a few weeks ago. Oh, Lord, you came back with a vengeance. You've been listening to Hello from the Magic Tavern. Drawn Out Annunciation to Buy Some Time was played by Matt Young. What About My Idea was played by Adol Rafai. Benedict Whisper Brew was played by special guest Brendan Dowling. Brendan is a writer for the Showtime series Work in Progress debuting its second season later this year. You can also hear Brendan on his own podcast series, A Children's Guide to Every Runner-Up for Best Supporting Actress in the History of the Academy of Motion Pictures. Children love the runtime, clocked in at over 180 minutes an episode. Spinster aunts love the character monologues, revealing each performer's list of grievances. Download codes available in the baking supply aisle of your local supermarket. Hello from the Magic Tavern is produced by Arnie Niekamp, Matt Young, and Adel Post-production coordination by Garrett Schultz. Earwolf producer Kimmy Lucas. This episode edited by Anna Haverman. Special assistance provided by Orion DeGiorgi. Hello from the Magic Tavern logo by Allard LeBan. Magic Tavern theme by Andy Poland. Today's episode of Hello from the Magic Tavern contained absolutely no Martin Wilson. As I like to say, find happiness wherever you can. (laughs)